Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, people? Before we get started on today's episode, I must issue a public apology to the great one himself. Wayne Gretzky, I have no idea how I butchered your name. I know full well how to say Wayne Gretzky. I know that. My God, please forgive me. I'm sorry. Who in the world is Wayne Gretzky? Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, Founded in 1920, the National Football League was born during college football's golden age. Believe it or not, it wasn't every kid's dream to become a professional football player during the early years. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr. All right, let's just get this thing going. Let's get it started. I don't have papers today, but I got a notepad. You can hear that. That piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, we ready. We ready. NFL historians, y'all know the biz. This isn't for you. This show is not for you. This is for those who don't know as much. So we are here to enlighten. But please, 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 please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm always here to learn. It's the Behind the Mic podcast. I am your host, Michael Neal Jr. Presented by Pe- Belly Up Sports. Who's Belly Up Sports? Presented by Belly Up Sports, the Belly Up Sports podcast network. BellyUpSports.com. You can catch my show as well as others in the Belly Up Sports family on Spreaker, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So let's get it going. First of all, the recap. Previously on the Behind the Mic podcast, after the shaky 80s, Paul Tagliabue took the reins in the NFL into the 90s as its new commissioner, where the league enjoyed a decade of growth and prosperity. Cha-ching. Labor peace, new stadiums, expansion and television deals, that is, headlined the NFL's continual ascent to become the most popular sport in America. It does help with the NHL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball all have a period where they are on strike. Well, the NBA wasn't that bad before MLB. It left an Excalibur-type Lancelot wound in its side that would never heal. Yeah, just watch the movie. The eye candy that the NFL has become was slowly becoming more offensively exciting to watch as records fell left and right 
in the air as well as on the ground. We had those 2,000-yard rushes, y'all. And soon after, the NBA would take a page out of that same book heading into the 2000s. All right. So, of course, we have been talking about just how the NFL became famous, how it became the most watched sport in America, right? And it all started with us telling around 1920 that Major League Baseball was America's pastime and college football was also on top. That was football for everybody. Not this ragtag football, this 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 upstart, if you will. No one was paying this any attention. If you go back and watch one of my favorite movies, and I've mentioned it before, Leatherheads, it was loosely based on Red Grange in 1925 when he signed to play with the Chicago Bears. Well, he was a University of alum, a University of Illinois, not just an alum, the superstar running back, halfback for the Illini back then. And when you watch the movie, you can see the difference between college football and professional football. It opens up my man Jim, John Krasinski from The Office. He's playing the Red Grange character. I can't even think of his name right now. But there's thousands of people that are at this game, and he runs for a touchdown, and everybody's, you know. Then they go to professional football. George Clooney and his ragtag team of professionals, they're playing in the middle of some farm field with a cow that's off to the side, hardly anybody in the small bleachers. That was the difference between college football and professional football. We're not even talking about baseball. So the simple answer to how the NFL has become where it has become, whether it was then and going up to now, is easy, easy answer. Two things, television and money. Now, college football, though, has always maintained its place as being one of the top sports to watch in America. There was a point, personally, where I felt like college football was number two, to be honest with you. And you know what's surprising? With all the research and the reading that I've done over these past you know, couple of weeks is that whether it was somewhere between 2018 and now, a majority of the time, Major League Baseball is either number two or number three along the lines of being the sport of choice. There are plenty of baseball fans out there. They're just not watching baseball at the same clip that they used to. That's where it falls off. It's where it falls off. And we can go into all the other things, but college football, it's about as famous as it's ever been. And of course, there's some changes that have happened and I don't think that you really can, just to be honest with you, I don't really think that we can really count the this COVID, these COVID years that we're having. Last year, as well as this year coming up, we'll see with the virus starting to swell back up again, but we'll see, we'll see. But as far as it being popular on this US soil, college football, in my opinion, is still number two. It's still number two. Why do people go to college? That's the first question I had to ask myself. And I have to ask you guys the same thing to kind of set the table. Why do you go to college? To prepare for your future career, whatever that may be. 
Some go to become architects or engineers, and they'll start off in school to become like a doctor or a nurse, and that will lead to skill-specific schools. My wife, for example, has been doing hair since she was 14 years old, probably earlier than that. She didn't go to a traditional college. She went to hair school, and now she has her own shop. A lot of money in that. All right. What about Juilliard? Ever heard of that? They specialize in what? Music, dance, the arts. Would you go to a traditional school for that? Now, I know that you can go to some schools, traditional colleges that have some good theater programs. Matter of fact, right down the street, Tennessee State University, they have a pretty decent theater program. But it's Juilliard. That's the creme de la creme. If I'm a football player, I'm going to Alabama, Ohio State, Florida, Notre Dame, Clemson, USC, those traditional powers that have been in that space forever. If you go back and you look at the top 10 to 15 to 20 schools, it hasn't changed that much. Yeah, people used to go to Princeton and Harvard and Yale, the Ivy League schools and um, such like. They were the first schools pretty much and that's where they were playing football for the most part. It wasn't, it didn't start off the way that we see it now, but for the most part, it's been the Michigans. You know what I mean? It's been Texas. So if I'm going there to those schools, I'm going there specifically to try to go to the NFL. It doesn't mean that you have to go to one of those big schools, but I'm probably going to try to go to one of these schools. And that's, if that's one of my goals to go to the league, that's where I'm looking. If I'm a basketball player, you know the schools, Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Syracuse. Although I know uh, some of these guys uh, were riding the struggle bus on last year. Ah, they weren't even in the tournament, some of these schools, right? But those are the schools for the most part that you're gonna go to. You know the big schools, the colleges that you're gonna go to. You're gonna go to Gonzaga. You're gonna go to um, any of these schools where the best of the best coaches are, the best of the best programs. If that's the, the route to try to get to the pros, and it really isn't as much in professional basketball, you can pretty much sit down at home for a year and still get drafted in the top five. But you see where I'm going to, for the most part. Some actually do go to school to become professional athletes. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I do love that the NCAA commercial that they played, and they mentioned those who will go pro in something other than sports. I like that transparency. And I like it on the other side, too. It's not always the best thing to be transparent, but for the most part, it's good to tell the truth. There are those who want to be professional football players, basketball players, swimmers, soccer players. Yeah, you should have a degree or go and learn a trade and be able to do some things uh, outside of sports if things don't work out. Why is that? Well, there are ladies and gentlemen that are just not good enough. Some of them get hurt. Some don't do their work in high school in order to get into college to play sports, let alone maintain their eligibility, their eligibility that is, once they're in there. Point is, athletes have been telling you for years that they want to be professionals. But it always wasn't like this. It wasn't always like that. Kids didn't always grow up with dreams and aspirations of being a professional athlete. They didn't always want to leave school after one or two years to enter the NBA draft or skip college altogether. They didn't always sit out a bowl game either outside of the college football playoff to prepare for the NFL draft. Remember, when the NFL was born, 
Again, college football was king, and Major League Baseball was America's pastime, the top sport. The NFL was described, and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this, as an abomination compared to college football. Vulgar, as one article that I read called it. The question is, what changed? Coming up next, two Heisman winners, a rubber company, and a lawsuit. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At some point, and this would probably be the perfect point, I'm going to have to tell you about my trip to the College Football Hall of Fame. Me and my wife had went to Atlanta about, what, two months ago now? And she was going for a conference. And it was just her and then one of my sisters that came down from Kentucky. And I was the odd man out because I wasn't, you know, registered for it. It wasn't a big thing. It was supposed to be just them anyway. I just tagged along. While they were at the conference, I had to find something to do. Yes, I was studying and reading, trying to prepare for the next show and all of that. But also said, I need to get out, not only eat something, just get out and have something to do. I was there, we were there for what, two, three days? I took my first trip to the College Football Hall of Fame and it was sweet. Man, you enter that place and there's, you see all of these helmets soon as you walk in and it just makes you realize just how many programs there are in the country, and I'm, I honestly am trying to think if that there were some that were missing, because I mean, but there were so many. Getting to see that history and all those names that are in the Hall of Fame, um, seeing the old equipment and how things came about makes me want to break off and do another type of show. But maybe I'll get to that one day, you know, to just to incorporate that into NFL history because. It is a part, football history, it is a part of it. But thinking about it, you know, we have talked about over the last month about how the NFL reached the top, you know, as being the America's most watched sport, right? And I've made all of these comparisons between the other major sports leagues, the NHL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball, MLB. But I never really touched on what college football was doing all of these years. I did not forget. Truth be told, college football has never went away. It's been around for years before the NFL, and it's still here. The popularity, that is, is still extremely high. College football has become more of a minor league for the NFL. And if you have any iota of an idea of how college football works, it's all about recruiting. The schools who put the most players in the NFL are always the ones that get the most four and five star athletes. Those schools I mentioned earlier, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, and the Clemsons, they're always in the CFP, the college football playoff, right? Why? Because they have the best players, as well as some of the best coaches, and on and on. People love college football. Athletes love college football. What bigger flex flex is there when you're sitting in the high school gym or on a panel with hats in front of you, and you pick that hat that, you know, the school that you're committing yourself to? That's a 
that's a great feeling i didn't get to do that you know i know some people don't like it but i think it is pretty cool it has its place but then you put the hat on your head and like you're getting ready to go shake hands with the commissioner at the nfl draft but again it wasn't always like this one of the main articles of research that i used was one from valleynews.com is written by ralph russo and he basically highlighted in the article how the nfl became more famous than college football and the two examples of players that he used were basically polar opposites of one another perfect example of how far the nfl had come not so much college football because college football like i said it never went away the nfl was the one that had to catch up because they were some years behind right it spoke to the times in which these two college athletes played jay Birdwinger and barry sanders we talked about jay Birdwinger before he's a heisman trophy winner that was selected in the first nfl draft by the philadelphia eagles his interest in playing in the league was very low he ended up having his rights traded to the Chicago Bears and George Hallis. And the reason why he didn't sign with the Bears is because he wanted too much money, basically. And so they decided, ah, I'm good. George Hallis said, yeah, go ahead, kid. We can't pay you that. We're not going to pay you that. Burwanger decided to go work for a rubber company instead. Did that for years, apparently. Then the one thing I love about the beginning of that article that I read is the line that college football has become a means to an end and it's totally true because the athletes of the day they weren't thinking about pro football pro football was the last thing on their mind like i told you you're gonna play in front of a couple thousand people or cows you tell me fast forward to 1988 barry sanders running back oklahoma state you know him as the hall of fame running back they played for the detroit lions retired early because he was tired of losing in my opinion, all right, if you know anything about me, I believe that Barry Sanders is the greatest running back to ever walk the face of the earth, period. That's opinion, of course. But you people cannot knock those video game numbers that he had, not only in the league, but you go all the way back to his Heisman Trophy winning season. This man broke 34 NCAA records. Now, keep this in mind. This is coming from, remember, football wasn't always about passing. It's a lot more balanced. It was a lot more balanced by then, but it was all about the run for years and years and years, college football as well as pro football. This man broke 34 NCAA records, and this is a couple, these are a couple, that he still holds today. 2,628 yards rushing. Keep this in mind, youngins. They didn't count bowl game stats. Now, he would have almost run for 3,000 yards in a single season. That's ridiculous. 37 rushing touchdowns in a season. 39 total touchdowns in a season. The most games over 300 yards rushing in a career, he had all four of those in that season. And he did it, like I said, in that single year. And the most points scored in the season, 234. But nobody pays attention to that kind of stat, just be honest. I mean, that's a kicker stat for me. You get my point. Of course, he wins the Heisman Trophy. But then he said he wanted to enter the NFL draft to ease his, fin his family's financial problems. Now, the NFL didn't allow underclassmen in yet because they had a, between the, the league and the, the NCAA, that they would not bother players and they did not, to my knowledge, and interrupt 
their eligibility. They're going to be here for four years and then they'll come see you next. Huh. Well, Sanders, through his attorney, threatened to sue the NFL because he already knew about the rule. He threatened to sue the NFL if they didn't allow him to bypass his eligibility. That Sanders was a junior, a true junior at Oklahoma State, and he needed a special exemption from the NFL. And that exemption was going to come from then commissioner Pete Rozelle in order for him to enter the league. His decision was based on financial hardships of his family. He needed the money. Roselle did declare Barry Sanders eligible. And although there were some factors that he said, uh, Oklahoma State was placed on probation by the NCAA. That's one. Two, Sanders was declared ineligible because he had contracted with an agent. So he couldn't go back anyway. Three, he was given the thumbs up from his head coach, Pat Jones, and the athletic director, Myron Roderick, to enter the draft. 25 underclassmen ended up allowed into that 89 draft. Why? They didn't want litigation. Now, keep this in mind, in the 80s, Roselle was having to deal with enough crap. If you listen to the last episode or the episode before that, actually, the struggle bus, go back and listen to it. They had endured strikes and he's in court with Al Davis and trying to hold back teams moving from city to city and things like that he didn't want that to happen at all well they allowed these underclassmen to come in in 89 and by 1990 they would allow juniors to enter the draft on a regular basis who else was included another junior fellow hall of fame running back emmett smith when he left the university of florida now people didn't exactly like it they wanted them to stay longer to refine their skills and get better blah 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 but some people are just ready. It's, that's what it is. You fast forward to two, uh, 2019, there was a record number of underclassmen that entered the draft, 144. 144. Now, unfortunately, 49 of those players didn't get drafted. So learn your lesson, people. But by now, it's clear that there are some of the best players in the league that enter the league, as well as are playing in the league, they were juniors or maybe guys that played two years at a junior college before transferring to the University of Cal Berkeley, Aaron Rodgers, anyone, you know what I mean? I mean, the top quarterback was who this year or the top two quarterbacks, top three quarterbacks. They were all underclassmen, of course, highlighted by Trevor Lawrence, who probably people say could have come out, come out after his freshman year. I don't want to see that maybe sophomore year, but I don't want to see that. I mean, if you're built and ready, I get it. But, you know, let's not go too crazy. But it clearly has changed from the day of Jay Burwanger when he decided to work at a rubber company instead of playing pro football. But there was also an evolution in that. The NFL had to become cool. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
So as we get ready to wrap this thing up, if the NFL was being called vulgar and atrocious and was looked at as a bastard son, the league was going to need a big change. It was going to have to grow on people. Now, let's look at this, look at it like this. In the pros back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, and 50s, this was the period of growth for the NFL. This is where they weren't cool or, or really known or re were really taken seriously just yet, and they grew to it by the 1950s. Well, before that, the pros were basically an option for former college players. Look, if you ain't got any, nothing better to do and you can't get the job at the steel mill, and you can always play pro football. It's kind of like a part-time job. You know, I, I work at Federal Express. We have part-time guys that come in and toss boxes in the morning, and then they may go to their real jobs afterwards, whether that's them being an entrepreneur or whether they are, um, I mean, they, they actually work at another sit-down desk job. Doesn't, know, doesn't matter what it is. The NFL is coming in at five in the morning and working the sort and tossing boxes and then going home. You're doing that for the benefits probably. You know what I mean? So that that's where the NFL was. College football, that was reaching the top. That was the top level. And after that, it was downhill from there. Now, before I go into this next, these next couple of players, I have to say this. Davey O'Brien, you know him? You know, have you heard that name? Of course you have. That's the, the oh, this is the player from which the, or by which the award to the best quarterback in the country is given, the Davey O'Brien Award. He won the Heisman Trophy in 1938. He was the first Heisman winner, actually, to actually play in the NFL. He lasted two years. What did he do? He went to the FBI, joined the FBI. Now, another player, a running back from Princeton, who won the Heisman in 1951 by the name of Dick Kazmaier. Well, he was drafted by the Bears. And what did he decide to do? I'm going to Harvard Business School. Now, these are good decisions, okay? I can't knock going to work for the FBI or going to Harvard Business School. And there's other players. Y'all know Myron Rowe. I thought this cat coming out of Florida State as a, as a defensive back was going high in the draft and was going to play in the league, blah, blah, blah. The man's a doctor. I think he's, he's I want to say he's, he's like a, a surgeon or something. And he was on the, I think he's a heart surgeon or a brain surgeon. Whatever he is, the man ended up going to Oxford after he graduated from Florida State. The NFL was was cool, but there were uh, those play, those these players. He's one of those players that was going pro in something other than sports. <laughs> he went pro in sports, but the man went even further than that you can't knock that at all but if you go back to some of the things that were noted with the nfl and college football college football had fear of losing players to the nfl early you go all the way back to that red grange example i gave you red grange was still a player at the university of illinois and was ridiculed heavily because he made an under the table moved signed with the chicago bears before his eligibility was up that was against the rules can't do that red he did it anyway and the funny part is his career although he's a pro football hall of famer was very short remember in 26 the next year he tried to start his own 
league with CC Powell, his agent at the time, Cash and Carry Powell. That's what they called him. And that lasted a year before it folded like a tent. And he ended up back into the league and played a little bit more. And then he was, that was it. So, but if you go through the 30s, 40s, and 50s, they hadn't gotten there yet, right? It wasn't until the 1960s where the NFL finally caught fire with college athletes. Keep in mind what was going on. This was the key. The 1960s were the key to the NFL, period, point blank, okay? This was the first key for them getting over the hump. In 1958, the 58 championship game was mostly on, on the West, on the East Coast, excuse me. And that was the greatest football game ever played, and it was on television in Yankee Stadium. It was the Giants and the Baltimore Colts, but it, it was big, a, had a big impact. Two years later, the AFL comes into play. They start in 1960. A couple years after that, the NFL signs TV deals, just like the AFL did. And fast forward to 1982, I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit. We talked about this before. After the 82 season was over with, they signed the TV deals to pretty much put a blanket wrap on professional football in this country with ABC, NBC, and CBS. That's the reason why the USFL, when they decided to try to move their season from the offseason to the fall, that's why they sued and got $3.76. So these are the key moves. The NFL, it wasn't until the 60s until the college athletes started saying, hmm, there may be something to this. Those television deals in the 60s put the product in the face of these athletes as well as the fans. That's the reason why the AFL lasted and that's the why the NFL became great. And the best move that any of them made in 66 is when they decided to merge and that merger happened in 70 and then things just took off from there. Not only that, then there's the style of play. College football, I mean, they weren't throwing the football on the same at the same clip, obviously. The AFL was, the NFL had to catch up to even that, which is another big reason why the league is where it is, what where it ended up going, and why it's where it is today as well. Nobody wants to see you slam run the wishbone all the time. There's very few teams that still run the wishbone to this day. You watched that game in Philadelphia. That's the one game I love watching, the Army-Navy game. I'll take the wishbone. Even they're starting to throw the football a little bit more now. It's 2021. Oh, my God. But here's the thing. Like I said, the passing, but not to mention the fact that the two professional leagues in the 60s, they were literally playing, playing cloak and dagger trying to fight for players. You know why they were fighting for players? I'll tell you why. Guess what else there was happening? They were getting paid. Those TV deals equals more money for the league, which equals more money for these incoming athletes. I'm trying to pay you as much cabbage as possible. I'm going to break you off this bread so you will sign with my team once your eligibility is up. I mean, who else wants to get paid? You like money? I asked y'all that last week, didn't I? Don't you like money? I know I like money. So they were getting paid. And now that the prof that professional football job looks a little bit more appealing to a young man. In the 70s and 80s, going on through there, college football and the NFL looked a little bit more similar in style as well. 
going back to that passing game. Before the 70s, the way the league was playing at the time, especially in the NFL, excuse me, the AFL, you have players like Joe Namath, for example, who were itching to play in the league with more freedom. What do I mean? Think about it. At Alabama, Namath was throwing the football about, what, 350 times in his entire career? And then you get to the New York Jets, and now you're throwing that many times in a season or more. And he's getting paid. Receivers are reaping the benefits as well, right? Instead of catching the ball two times a game, you're catching at least two passes a quarter. Now, I know that's not a whole lot looking at it now, but, I mean, some people are catching two passes on the front first drive, right? But that's the evolution and the opening of the of the game and it looks more it looks better it looks a whole lot better not only on television uh at, to a fan but to a player that wants to play in the league so you're catching that many balls if that in the pros you know running backs they're always they've always gotten to eat they've always gotten the football but they eat a little bit differently these days they only not only run with the ball but they get to catch it too tight ends and that they're being more involved offensive linemen and defensive players nothing has changed with y'all but you just have to be great at what you do fast forward all the way through the 90s the nfl is obviously well established as a professional league obviously and that any young athlete they would dream to get into and it hasn't changed at all but just keep this in mind young sparkies in high school maybe even in college you may want to be a professional athlete. Just make sure you have a backup plan. Everybody can't be Barry Sanders, but that doesn't mean you have to absolutely work at the rubber company. That's the show for the day. The references, let's knock them out. Valleynews.com. The article once considered vulgar. NFL surpassed college football with money, better entertainment. This is written by Ralph Russo, AP college football writer. Sportscasting.com, a look back at Barry Sanders' jaw-dropping Heisman season at Oklahoma State by Jack Daugherty. Discreetnews.com, Sanders threatens NFL with suit. Uh, South, sorry, South Florida Sentinel. NFL allows Sanders in draft. Decision could set precedent. This is by Gary Myers of the Dallas Morning News. The New York Times.com NFL decides to let juniors enter the draft by Gerald Eskenazi. Axios.com football's underclassmen problem by Kendall Baker. The Behind the Mic podcast. I am your host, Michael Neal Jr., presented by Belly Up Sports, the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network, bellyupsports.com. Listen to the show on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Tell your mama, your daddy, your granny, your grandpappy, your children, your baby's mama, your baby's daddy, your baby. And you better listen to this show or I will find your house. Out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.